The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. Amen. Thank you very, very much. Good morning, First Baptist Church. It's uh, a real blessing for me to be back with you uh, on this February Sunday. Since I was with you last, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to preach at First Baptist Church in Hamilton. If you don't know where that is, it's just uh, west of Heiko. Uh, So uh, if you've not had pie at the uh, Coffee Cup Cafe in Heiko, well, I just can't help you. It's, uh, but it's, it's really worth a trip. And then last Sunday, a great day at First Baptist Church Crowley. So uh, enjoyed being out and about a little bit. It's good to be back with you today and honored to be here. Also, I did want to take a quick minute and uh, mention that our Texas Baptist ministry through Texas Baptist Men and Disaster Relief and Disaster Response, they are beginning to formulate uh, something of a plan to respond to the tragedies in Turkey, and uh, if you want to assist with that, there are opportunities on their website that you could help with, and I left some brochures out here on the table where you have your business meeting brochures. If you'd like to maybe look at other ways you could be involved in that kind of disaster relief ministry uh, around the state and uh, country and world, then all of that is out there, and just wanted to make a quick mention of that, and do please pray for uh, those who are responding to that tragedy. I think now more than 25,000 people have died uh, in that, so certainly be in prayer for for all of that. It's good to be with you, and uh, this is a special day. Um, uh, this afternoon, this evening, about 5.30 is... Uh, I, am I allowed to say Super Bowl? I know there's a deal about that. Uh, am I supposed to say the big game? I'm not sure how that works. There's some kind of lawsuit, so um, I don't know. But tonight is the Super Bowl, uh, 5.30, and um, it does not involve our local NFL franchise this year. Again. But it is a game between... The Philadelphia Eagles and um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't really expect all of that. Uh, so it is the 57th Super Bowl. Now, I read uh, this week, I'm not one of these people, but I read this week that 50 million Americans will gamble... $19 billion this evening. I've saved my resources and will not use them in that regard. Nonetheless, this is a, a big, big night. I'll be watching. I'm kind of interested. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be plugged in. But I want to bring that to your attention at, to make this point. The Chiefs and uh, the Eagles... They are opponents in a game. Game tonight, those two teams, when it's over, 
They'll gather up on the middle of the field and they'll hug, hand, hug and they'll shake hands and one team will go to the locker room sad and there'll be some awkward interviews. The other team will be out celebrating when they bring a big stage onto the field and there'll be all kinds of confetti and you've seen all of that. And then they'll all get their paychecks and tomorrow they'll um, start thinking about next year. They are opponents in a game. They are not enemies. And there's a difference between having an opponent and having an enemy. An enemy is someone who seeks your ruin. Now, spiritually speaking, we have an adversary, an enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, Clearly defines our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, who he can bring to ruin. So just begin with this. We have an enemy, and today we talk about how do we overcome the enemy. And we'll do that from a little pattern in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, the first few verses. If you have your Bible, open there with me and follow along as I read. It's Joshua, chapter 6, and I'm going to read these first six verses. You follow along as we go through. Now, Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its best soldiers over to you. Now, verse 3, march around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time, do this for six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram's horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priests blow the ram's horns. When there's a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. So Joshua, son of Nun, summoned the priest and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant and have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the ark of the Lord. So there you have it. The enemy in front of God's people and a little process identified at a how to overcome the enemy. And it starts with believing in the promise. Let's just start right there. It all begins with your heart and your mind and believing in God's promise. So you go back to God's people in that bondage in Egypt, 400 years Finally, uh, a deliverer raised up Moses. 
through all of that process of bringing them out of that bondage and, and taking them to the brink of the promised land. This land, God had promised their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They come out of Egypt. They go to, this, to, to the brink of the land of promise, a land defined as flowing with milk and honey. And there they are. And just across the Jordan River is the first fortified city, Jericho. But to overcome the people of Jericho and to begin the the, the process of of taking that land, all they had to do was was believe first in the promise of God. First Baptist Church, always remember, when God promised them this land, it was more than just a territory. It was not just a promised land. It was a promised life. God was promising that he would be their God. They would be his people. They would live in peace and prosperity. This was not only a land of promise, this was a life of promise. And in order for them to overcome the enemy, they had to believe in that promise. Now, what is a promise? A promise is a statement that someone makes that absolutely, definitely, and certainly will take place according to their word. You've heard it said, you've said it. We describe people as he's a man of his word. She's someone you can take at her word. We all know what it means to make a promise and we all know what it means to keep a promise. To overcome the enemy, it just begins with believing in your heart in the promise of God. And God was promising them a land and a life. And can I say, isn't God also promising us a life? Isn't that what we preach? Isn't that what we believe? Whosoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. That's where it all begins for you and me to overcome the enemy that's out there in front of us seeking to ruin our lives and and keeping us from being what God created us to be. It all begins with believing in the promise that God is offering eternal life, but it's not just life eternal. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it to the full, that they might have it abundantly. We've been promised abundant life and we've been promised eternal life. And everyone you know, they may not articulate it the way I have just said it, but everyone you know and everyone you don't know, everyone who exists is wanting what God is offering, life, abundant and eternal. But it all starts, if we're going to overcome the enemy, it all starts just like he did with the Israelites, believing in God's promise. And there's another step. And we're going to spend a couple of minutes on this one. I think it does also include listening 
to the right people. Believing in the promise and then listening to the right people. Now go back to Moses. So Moses, um, the leader of God's people, brings them out of that bondage in Egypt. Now you remember this vast throng of Israelites. They come out of Egypt. They make their way towards the promised land in life. And they hadn't gone very far. They reached their first kind of difficult moment. And do you recall that Moses immediately had voices speaking against him? Just almost instantly, there were voices speaking against Moses. What did you bring us out into this desert for to die here? We could have died back in Egypt in the comfort of our home back there, not in this desert. All along the way, if you follow the story of Moses and the Israelites on their journey, if you follow their story all along the way, every time there's a difficult moment, there are voices speaking against Moses. There are detractors. Even to the point when most, I mean, they are right on the edge of the promised land. And Moses sends those spies into the land, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. All 12 go in. They survey the land. It is everything that God promised. It is indeed a land flowing with milk and honey. It comes even complete with large people and fortified cities. And so those 12 spies come back and and they give a report. There is a majority report. Ten of the twelve say, we can't do it. I mean, this is the land God promised to our ancestors. We're right here, but we can't do it. Moses sent them in. Moses didn't send them in there to decide whether or not they should go across and conquer the land. He sent them in to decide where they should start. But they come back with this majority report, we cannot do it. There are only two, Caleb and our leader here, Joshua, there are only two say, yes, not only can we, but we should. But the majority of the Israelites, they listened to the majority report and that, those detractors, the people they listened to caused them to wander 40 years in the wilderness until everyone had passed away of a certain age who was, who was at that point of entering into the land. 40 years. It cost them because they listened to the wrong voices. Now here they are. Once again, got Joshua, he's been appointed and anointed by Moses to take over. He is the voice of God for them at that moment. And he says, it's time. And they listen. They listen to the voice of God through Joshua. I'm simply saying, it matters who you listen to. Now, this past Monday night, uh, I did not watch the Grammy Awards. I was watching reruns of the Andy Griffith show. That's my go-to viewing. But I did read, though, about the Grammys of this past Monday night. Some of you may have seen what I'm about to describe. I didn't see it. I just read about it, and I've seen uh, pictures and, and, and some short videos, which was enough. But let me describe what 
what um, happened last Monday night best upon what I've read in the little clip that I've seen. So um, there was uh, an individual. He goes by the name Sam Smith. He describes himself as, I think the phrase nowadays is non-binary. You can take that. Um, His nickname is um, Sam Satan Smith. And he was singing a, a duet with a transgender person from Germany. I can't remember that person's name. My apologies. But uh, this person, Sam Satan Smith, uh, was dressed like Satan. Had on a bright red uh, cloak, uh, robe, with a red hat and red horns. And as they were singing uh, this song, Unholy, that's the name of the song, Unholy, There were dancers performing kind of a um, worship ritual. One of the major networks, I can't remember if it was ABC, NBC, or CBS, but one of them tweeted early on. They took it down immediately, but they tweeted uh, right quick as the performance was going on. They tweeted something like, full-blown worship now. They took that down fairly quickly. All that to say, now since then, there have been a, a few Christian writers who've said, now don't take that, don't blow that out of proportion. You know, that's just entertainment and try to downplay that. Uh, I'm not one of those. Uh, my whole point about all that is it matters the people we listen to. It matters what we see. And it matters who we follow. It matters the things we allow our mind and our eyes and our heart. Uh, it, It matters if we expose ourselves to some of those things. It matters those things to which we allow our children's hearts and minds and eyes to be exposed. You remember the little song you used to sing when you were a child growing up? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. You remember that song we used to sing? You know, maybe we ought to sing that. Maybe we ought to sing that again. Because if you're going to overcome the enemy, it, it, it all happened right here in Joshua chapter six. They had already listened to detractors for 40 years. Finally, they listened to the right voice, and the right voice led them across the river and into, uh, into, uh, across and to be able to conquer Jericho. They believed in the promise of God, and then they listened to the right voice. And it just makes a difference. The voices you listen to, the people you follow and the people you watch. So, overcoming the enemy, believe in the promise of God. Overcome the enemy, listen to the right people. Overcome the enemy, just trust God's plan. Trust the plan that he has. So what was God's plan? 
It didn't make any sense, militarily speaking. It, it didn't make any sense. So here's what Joshua told them to do. You, we read it there. So you, you get, the, get your seven priests, and each one of them has a horn, and they're out there in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Soldiers are behind, and you get out there, and on Monday, y'all just walk around Jericho. Just, just play the horn and walk around Jericho. And do that again on Tuesday. And do that again on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday. Now, I'm just making the days up. I don't know what days they happened on. Uh, but on that seventh day, so you get everybody out there together again. This time, though, you march around seven times. And we finish that seventh time and the, and the priests sound the loud blast on the trumpet. All the soldiers shout. And when you do that, those walls are going to collapse and everybody who's surrounding the city, they'll, just, mar- they'll just, just, just charge straight in. So now that's the plan. Now, you know, the Israelites had some seasoned military people on board. Everybody knows that. Can you, what, what did they think? I have to, I just have to think, I'm speculating here, but I had to think. Someone looked at each other and went, that's what, that's the plan? That's what, that's what we're going to do? But to overcome the enemy, to defeat Jericho, they just had to trust the plan. Go back to the Super Bowl. So the past two weeks, the, the coaches on the Chiefs and the coaches on the Eagles, they've been, they have been, planning, putting together a game plan for two weeks. And I expect the winner tonight will be the one who most successfully executes their game plan. I don't know who that's going to be, but I expect that's what will happen. Put together a plan. Ah, You know, God had a plan. And it's not what the people of the first century expected. Now, the Messiah was going to come. And when the Messiah comes, they were expecting a political leader. They were expecting and wanting a military victory. They were wanting to be restored back to power. But that was not God's plan. What was God's plan? God sent Jesus born in a manger. God sent Jesus, lived as a carpenter for 30 years. God sent Jesus a three-year public ministry. God sent Jesus, his only son, died on the cross, buried in a tomb, raised again. Nothing political, nothing military about it, but that was God's plan. And it works. So for you and me to overcome the enemy, not only for our own lives, but for us as a church and to go forward as as a people of God, we just have to trust his plan. So what is his plan? What's the plan? Well, Paul wrote to the Romans said, if you will believe in your heart, that Jesus rose from the dead and confessed with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. That's the plan. What's the, what's the plan? What, what, is, what, did, what, what was said in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what did Jesus say? When, when you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the rest of the world, that's the plan. What's the plan? Matthew chapter 22 uh, 
they, Jesus was asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? He said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, your, all your soul. And the second command is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the plan. Love God, love others. That's the plan. What's the plan? Do unto others as you would have Jesus do, as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule. That's the plan. What's the plan? Feed those who are hungry. What's the plan? Give water to those who are thirsty. What's the plan? Give clothes to those who are in need. What's the plan? Visit those who are sick. What's the plan? Take care of those in prison. What's the plan? Follow the plan. We have been given a plan. If you want to overcome the enemy, just follow the plan. My goodness, it's been written down for us. A complete game plan written down for you and for me, and we just have to follow the plan. So it's, it's, it's a simple process here in Joshua. You just believe in the promise of God for the life that he intends. And then, listen to the right people, listen to the right voices, follow the right people. And then, just trust the plan. It's a good plan. It's a better plan than what I could come up with. No offense, but it's a better plan than what you can come up with. Just trust the plan. So tonight, just remember this. Tonight, The Super Bowl is a game between two opponents. But tomorrow, when you go to work, or you go to school, or you get out there in society and around the culture, just remember, it is no game. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the day and the blessings of it. Thank you for your word, and um, forgive us when we have fallen short and we've taken too much into our own hands. Father, today we just uh, humble ourselves before you and pray that uh, restore into our hearts and into our minds a confidence in your promise. Bring the right people uh, into our lives that we can believe in and follow and watch that take us to healthy and wholesome living victory and not death life and not death father i pray that we would trust you and your plan for our lives and we get in line with it we give this time of invitation to you in jesus name amen